What's going on guys? Grant Pushkar here, joined by my co-director, Victor Williams. Are you looking to bring more attention to your sports content? Over at Overtime Heroics, you can be a part of a growing sports community such as podcasts like my own, Cleveland Surge, and my own Philly Special Podcast. And if you're looking for a place to share your sports opinions, they also have an active forum for all sports topics. So if you want your sports content to be heard amongst other sports fans, go over to Overtime Heroics forward slash forums and make your first hot take today. What's going on, everybody, and thank you for joining me on the Wyman Podcast, whether you're listening on Anchor, which I record all my episodes on, also available on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Breaker, uh, Radio Public, uh, Podcoin, I'm also on there if you want to listen and earn your uh, Podcoins, gift cards, and other rewards. Of that nature, I listen to all my stuff on Podcoin, um, personally. Um, I'm also up there, but um, no matter how you're listening, no matter how you're taking my content, like always, I do appreciate it, and I do thank you. Um, today we continue the NFL schedule preview, and we have two divisions left as of today, the NFC South and the AFC North, Now we went from least interesting to most interesting, in my opinion. So these are the last two, the final two. These will be the most uh, competitive divisions. A lot of storylines, a lot of um, interesting factors in both of these divisions with all four teams. But today I'm saving it and I'm going with the NFC South. So obviously the AFC North will be next week as my most interesting division. Um, the last division we'll be doing, but we do, we go through the NFC South today, and um, just like I do least to most interesting, I start with least, or I should say uh, worst to better as of last year. So last year, the team that finished last in the NFC South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, went 5-11 and last year. Um, Bucks got a new coach this year. Bruce Arians coming out of retirement, a little semi-retirement. I think he took like two or three years off. He's coming back, uh, bringing back Jameis Winston. And, you know, of course, the great Mike Evans, a wide receiver. And that's about it. They lost uh, Gerald McCoy, the big D tackle. They lost him to Carolina and then replaced him with Ndamukin Sue, more of a cheaper option, um, of course, on a one-year deal. Um, Sue, 32 years old, had four and a half sacks last year with the Rams. Not terrible for a nose tackle. Not, you know, he, he definitely disrupts the play. He had JPP last year on the edge who, um, he actually had 12 and, 12 and a half sacks last year at, at turning the age of 30. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul actually had a pretty good year last year. I think that's the most sacks he's had since 2014, I want to say. So, I mean, he hasn't had that many sacks in like four or five seasons. Um, he really played well for Tampa last year. Um, Deion Buchanan, they signed as a linebacker. They drafted the, the highly highly in, uh, recruited and touted Uh middle linebacker Devin White out of LSU. I believe he was fifth overall. They drafted him. They bring back Levante David. Le- Levante David. 
their all-pro Pro Bowl linebacker. So they definitely have a solid front seven. I just don't trust that back secondary with uh, Hargraves leading the way at corner, which he is a pretty solid player, but I still don't think Hargraves is a real true number one lockdown corner. Uh, maybe he proves me wrong this year. Maybe he turns into one this year. He definitely has the potential to. I just don't uh, really see it, especially in that division with the receivers and the offenses in that division. The, the Bucks are going to have a tough time defending the pass, I believe. And I just think, I don't think their offense is going to keep up with it. I think Bruce Arians has been in the game for a little while. Not as long as, you know, we've seen it with John Gruden with the Raiders. He had, definitely has to get adjusted and back into the swing of things. He wasn't as got, gone as long as John Gruden. But I just don't really see it with Bruce Arians. I don't really believe in Jameis Winston anymore. I think he's uh, on his last legs there. Pretty much, that you know, it basically said this is his last year to really prove he's worth something. I believe he's making, well, I want to say it's somewhere in between 22 and 25 million this year. I don't remember the exact number, but he's making a good chunk of change. Jameis Winston is, so he's definitely got to earn that contract. And I don't think he does. I have Tampa Bay. Believe it or not, I have Tampa Bay going one and 15. I couldn't believe it when I first did it. I don't really remember picking a team to win one game. And I have them winning their opening game at home against Sanford, and that's that's really it. I mean, they have the Thursday night at Carolina. They got to go at the Rams. They play the Saints twice. They play the Falcons twice. They got to go at Seattle, at Tennessee, even at Jacksonville. They get the Colts in Houston. I mean, they're at home, but it's still the Colts in Houston are two playoff teams at Detroit. So, you know, all their easy games, which should be easy games, um, are on the road, like at Jacksonville, at Detroit. Um, they get the Giants at home, which I think the Giants will beat them. I think the Giants are just a better team. I mean, and then all the, all the tough teams that they play, Seattle, Tennessee, they're uh, they're on the road. The Rams. I mean, I just don't see them winning a lot of games. I think Jameis is kind of done. I don't think the team believes in him anymore. I don't think the players believe in him anymore. He just hasn't matured. He hasn't grown up. And with Bruce Arians coming in and uh, cutting a guy like McCoy, I think you'll see more of that. I think you'll see some trades during the season. I think you'll see some guys getting moved during the season or just flat out cut um, which sucks I mean I, I think they'll definitely keep Devin White he's their fifth overall pick I think they'll keep Levante David but if you get a team that offers something like a first round pick and something else for Levante David they could move him Jason Pierre-Paul um, I don't I don't think they'll move Mike Evans I think I think Mike Evans and Devin White are the only two safe. If I had to pick one on offense and one on defense, that's who it would be. Even Levante David, just because he's been in the league for a few years now. And I think Bruce Arians, an offensive coach, isn't going to want to pay all these linebackers when they you know they drafted Devin White. They might be looking at Devin White as a as a replacement for Levante David with the rookie contract. He, he does remind you a lot of Levante David when you watch Devin White play. So maybe that's where they're moving. Maybe they're going to move Levante David, move that big name, 
and maybe they could get a first round, a first and a third or a first and a fourth or something. I'm sure a lot of teams would sign up to to swap with, uh, for Levante David. I'm not saying they're going to do that, but I just see with the way they're going with the offensive coach and the fact that I think they're not going to be very good this year. They might be done with Winston through halfway through the season if they start off like I think they're going to do. Like, uh, you know, because I have them losing at Carolina the Thursday game. That's week two. I have them losing at the Giants. They could win that. Then they get the Rams week four. Then they get at New Orleans week five. Then they get a London game against a good Carolina team week six. Then they go at Tennessee week eight. Then they go at Seattle week nine. I mean, what are we looking at there? Even even if they do, okay, they beat the Giants at home. They beat San Fran at home. I mean, what are we looking at? Two and seven? I know they have a bye week, week seven. So like two and six. Yeah, that'll be eight games. So two and six through eight games, I think Bruce Arians will sit Winston. And they might try to trade him. They might try to move him. Because uh, he, he's in his last year, so they don't want to let him just walk. Um, but I think they're going to start the year off really bad, really tough. I think they're going to move out on Winston, whether it's benching him or trading him. I think they could move a guy like Levante David. They could move a guy like Jason Pierre-Paul and just... Have Bruce Arians, new head coach, wipe the slate clean, and just start over with some, uh, uh, you know, a whole new team basically, led by Mike Evans on offense and Devin White on defense, and then they go from there. They, you know, they could draft a quarterback. If they go one and fifteen this year, they'll probably have a top two pick. They should, with all the quarterbacks coming out this year. Maybe they draft Tua. Maybe they draft uh, Herbert, the kid from Oregon. Uh, who's the other kid? Fromm from Georgia's coming out, I, I believe. Um, so they have like three or four options there with the quarterback position. I wouldn't be shocked if Winston gets traded or just flat out bench because you know they're not going to start too good. And he's making too much damn money to just to lose games like that. So here you go. I had the Bucks going one to fifteen. Now. Well, they do it? Probably not. I mean, I could see them beating the Giants. I could see them winning the London game just because it's London, but Carolina's a good team. You know, I could see them beating Arizona at home, but I think by then, I think by then, by week 10, I, I don't think a lot of these same Bucks players will be there. I don't think JPP and Winston will be there. I don't know if Levante David will still be there. So, I mean, I don't know. Even at, you know, could they beat Jacksonville? Sure. But by week 13, when they play Jacksonville on the road, how many of those guys are going to be there? Are they already going to be 1-11 in 11 and trying to get the first-round pick or the first overall pick? So you can't – you got to just – you got to look at how these games match up and how these games are placed in the schedule. Because those first nine weeks of the season of Tampa are the toughest nine weeks I've seen. Not only the teams that they're playing, but the teams they have to play on the road. The Thursday night game is at Carolina. Then they have a London game thrown in there. I mean, it's it's just rough. I don't see them doing very much at all. Okay, on the Carolina, um, seven and nine last year. Cam Newton had the big injury. He was kind of playing hurt. You could tell he was playing hurt. You could tell he was uh, trying to change the throw motion, trying to change the the way. He 
not only threw the ball but handled the ball and you can see it during certain handoffs and see it just just overall the way he played you could see he was playing with some kind of limitation some kind of tightness in that shoulder um, but everything should be good I've, I've read reported reportedly that he's already throwing in full like there's no limits he's limitless range and all that good stuff so it's good I mean it's only June and he's already doing that so it's good I expect a big year from Cam I expect a big shoulder, uh, chip on the shoulder of Cam because of the fact that Carolina drafted Will Greer the quarterback from West Virginia with I believe it was the 99th or 100th overall pick in the third round something like that and you know so Cam's really going to have that that pressure breathing down his neck I, I don't think it's more competition as of right now. I think it's more just like an assurance policy where Cam's getting older. He does like to run around a lot. He's a big guy. He takes a lot of hits. So I think Will Greer was just kind of an assurance policy like, hey, if this guy ends up going down this year, if he re-injures that shoulder or something gets triggered, then we have a guy that uh, we think could be the future, we think could handle himself. Um, do I think Will Greer and Cam are going to be like in this QB competition? No, I don't think so. Not, I don't think at least not until next year, the year after. I think Will Greer's more of the uh, two to three year project. That's why I wouldn't sweat it if I was Cam, because I think Cam still has probably about three more years in his prime until he has to for be uh, totally forced to stay in the pocket, and then we'll see if he could adapt his game to that because you can't run around once you hit like 33 and 35 and these injuries add up you obviously can't run around as much see with Big Ben now like Big Ben was like that early and now he's more of a pocket passer and he's throwing for 5,000 yards now because he just stays in the pocket he doesn't uh, run around and try to lower his shoulder on people and do all that stuff that he used to do when he was young um, so Cam's gonna have to learn how to do that here probably this year just because of that shoulder and then definitely moving forward. But do I see Will Greer as a threat to Cam this year? No. I think we only see Will Greer, like I said, if Cam re-injures that shoulder or a concussion or, you know, whatever. Cam can't play. Then we'll see Will Greer. But if Cam's available, if Cam can uh, play the game of football, then, you know, Cam Newton will be out there. Um, of course, the great running back Christian McCaffrey they're getting back. Um, Luke Keekley again back the great middle linebacker all pro all world middle linebacker um, they, now like I mentioned before with the Bucks, they did sign Gerald McCoy from the Bucks, D tackle I mean along with Quan Short and they got Shaq Thompson and I mentioned Luke at linebacker already and I mean that front seven is so loaded with Carolina you can't you will not be able to run the ball on them I, I don't care maybe Dallas can with that O-line Maybe the Ravens can with that read option, power run stuff they do with, you know, with Lamar Jackson and them. But, man, if you're just a regular average team with a regular average O-line, you are going to be in trouble. You're going to be in a lot of second and longs and third and longs because you're not going to be able to get those cheap yards on, on first and second down running the ball. Um, hopefully Greg Olson's coming back, 34-year-old Greg Olson. Hopefully he's healthy. I don't know how many times you could break your foot and still play football, but Greg Olson is trying to break the record. Um, hopefully, if he comes back and stays healthy along with those receivers, I think Carolina's going to be really good. Like I said, they were 7-9 and nine last year with the banged-up uh, Cam Newton who couldn't throw the ball and a banged-up Greg Olson. Um, I think they're really poised to, 
to go far this year to do a lot better than they did last year. I have them going 11 and 5. Um, only two prime time games, and it's the same two prime time games as Tampa. They play Tampa on Thursday night at home, um, and they play that London game, like I mentioned. I think they'll win that. Um, I have them beating San Fran on the road. They could lose there. San Fran, San Fran's tough on the road. As long as um, Jimmy G stays healthy, and that's the thing about Carolina is they're dangerous, um, dangerously weak in the secondary. Which I think, like I mentioned, that front seven's great, but as we all know, it is a passing league. So if you run into a team like San Fran with Jimmy G and uh, Kittle at tight end and Kyle Shanahan calling plays on the road across country, sure they could lose that game. But I think overall Carolina is the better team than San Francisco. Um, let's see some other tough ones here. At Houston, I have them losing. I have them beating the Rams week one. They they could lose that game. I just don't know how how healthy Todd Gurley is. And um, if the Rams are still going to be on that Super Bowl loss hangover. Um, and Carolina's at home. I think the crowd's always fired up to see Cam come out home opener week one. Um, I have them losing at Green Bay. Um, losing at the Saints late in the year. Losing against Seattle. I mean, they're at home for that Seattle game in Week 15. But I, th I think Seattle is... They usually lose those games on the road, especially cross-country. Seattle does, but... I think Seattle just... Seattle and Cam just always go at it. Russell Wilson and Cam always go at it, it seems like. And they're always fun games to watch. Um, I have them beating the Colts in Indianapolis. So... I mean, there's a lot of games there. They they have a pretty tough schedule um, as well, but I think I think they go 11-5. and five. I have them winning four more games than last year. Um, I, I think they go 11-5. and five. I'm pretty confident in saying that. As long, like I said, as long as Cam Newton stays healthy, as long as Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, and as long as Greg Olson stays healthy, they need Greg Olson to take up uh, – to, to be that threat in the middle of the field, down the seam, you know, to draw attention to the middle of the field because the receivers aren't that good. Like, Greg Olson's their number one receiver. Um, it's kind of like San Fran with Kittle. And now now the Chiefs now with uh, Kelsey, if, if Hill doesn't play, some of those teams you have to use your tight end as your number one receiver. You draw the attention to that middle of the field, and then you, you get those one-on-one -on -one matchups on the outside. Which um, which I think is a lot better for Carolina. Uh, on to Atlanta, who also went Atlanta Falcons, who also went seven and nine last year. Um, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of question marks. In my opinion, for Atlanta, the biggest one is Devontae Freeman, who only played two games last year. Uh, in the last two years, Freeman has played. Uh, 16 games, so that's one full season. 933 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns in the last two years. Now, if you remember, he only, uh, just about a year or two ago, he signed a five-year, $41 million extension, and he is still the fourth highest paid running back on average. Only Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, and David Johnson make more money than Devontae Freeman, um, who's had 933 yards the last two years. So that's a problem for me. You're going to have to prove 
this is a big year for Devontae Freeman. They they dropped Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman went over to San Fran. So this should be Devontae Freeman's backfield. I know they have Ito Smith, who a lot of people like. But this is Devontae Freeman's backfield. When you're making that kind of money, averaging, I think, a little over $8 million a year um, on that contract, uh, 6.7 he's earning this year, and then over $9 million the next two years. Uh, you know, you got to really, you got to be a, a, a three down running back. You got to be able to catch the football. You got to pass block. You have to stay healthy. You have to do all those things because if you're the fourth highest paid uh, running back in the league, that means that there's only three guys that should be better than you stats-wise. Okay? You shouldn't be eighth in rushing and 15th in touchdowns, and you can't pass block, you can't pick up blitz, and, and you, you can't uh, catch screens or swing routes out of the backfield. That's not acceptable, and you shouldn't be making that money. And I like Devontae Freeman. I really do. But when I see guys do this, um, not that he's doing it on purpose, but he's 27 years old. And, you know, once as a running back, once you hit that 30-year-old uh, 30, 30 mark, you kind of, your value, like, falls off a cliff. So now he's already been hurt. He's already missed uh, 16 games. He's only played half of his games in the last two years. And now he's um, coming back. His contract expires in 2023, so by then he'll be 30 or 31, depending on when his birthday is. So he'll be looking for a new contract coming up when he's like 30, 31 years old. That really falls off the cliff for a running back, so he has to prove it these upcoming years and starting with this year. And starting with this year, um, I hope he does good. I think he'll do good. I think he'll stay healthy. I don't think Edo Smith's gonna like take his job. Um, with the money they have invested with them. Uh, they had the great receivers. They got Julio. They got uh, Calvin Ridley. They got Matt Ryan throwing the ball. I think they'll be fine with the offense. I had them going 10-6 and six this year. Um, Deion Jones is another guy who only played six games last year. He had that rough injury, but he did come back. Um, he's 24 years old. He's He's only making a million dollars this year. And this guy's already made like Pro Bowls and all pro teams and all that stuff. This guy is a beast. This guy, if if he's not the best linebacker in the league, I think he's second behind Luke. He could do everything. He could cover. He's one of those new uh, new hybrid kind of guys who could cover. He could run. He could catch. He could tackle. He could rush the passer. I mean, he could, he could fill the hole on a run play. Deion Jones could do it all. But he's another one like Freeman. He has to stay healthy. He has to be on the field because you saw they went 7-9 and nine last year, and they severely missed him and Keanu Neal, the, the big-time safety. So if the, those two have to stay healthy. I think they both stay healthy. I think Devontae Freeman stays healthy. I'm not going to sit here and predict injuries and say all that stuff. That These schedules, these predictions are, of course, done with the assumption that everybody stays healthy and nothing happens, which I know is a lie. Something's going to happen. Um, but I, I don't think I don't think these guys, um, you know, they can't afford any more injuries. They, they really can't. Especially Deion Jones on that one. I mean, he's making a million dollars this year, and he has one year left. I know Atlanta's trying to lock him up. 
Um, they're trying to get him and Julio a new contract. But if he goes out and gets injured again and misses another six games or ten games, I mean, then you really got to look at it and, like, say, damn, we really want to invest four years, five more years in this guy when he's missing, you know, 40% to 60% of his games. So that is the business side of it, too. But I have Atlanta going 10-6 and six this year, finishing right behind Atlanta, uh, Carolina. I think and it could be the wild card team. I got I to gotta go back and look at all my um, predictions and st like what the standings would be, per se. I think 10-6 and six should get in the wild card. I don't think I picked anybody else that would have got that. Um, or they might be asked out. I don't know. But either way, I think they go 10-6 and six if, you know, all their team stays healthy. They just have too much talent. And I do have them losing at Minnesota week one, and they could, of course, win that. Um, beating Philly, I had them losing at the Colts. They could also win that game. It's early in the year. I have them winning at Houston. They could lose that. I had them winning at home against the Rams and Seattle. Just Atlanta at home is just a new beast, especially when teams like the Seahawks and the Rams, of course, have to travel all the way across country. Um, it sucks for teams that have to do that and then go into a crowd and a dome. The environment that uh, that Falcons crowd brings, and they always do bring it. Um, and then you also got to face a talented-ass team, which is rough. Um, I think I had them, yeah, I got them splitting with the Saints. And... Jacksonville, Tampa, yeah. This guy was not too bad. I mean, they got the Rams, Seahawks at home. Now they have to go to, in to get Philadelphia at home, which is a big one. Um, you know, they got to go on the road to Indy and Houston, which aren't like crazy places to play. I mean, it's still, you know, you still got to go on the road, but it's not like wild. You know, I'd rather go on the road to the Colts or Houston than to go the on the road to Seattle or Philly. So they definitely, they definitely lucked out getting those two games at home. Um, so I think they go 10-6 and six and vie for a playoff spot. And on to the NFC South champions last year. The almost NFC conference champions last year. The New Orleans Saints, 13-3 and three last year. Um, same old song. Drew Brees coming back, 40 years old. Sean Payton at the helm. Um... Alvin Kamara in the backfield, and I did lose Mark Ingram. They kind of replaced him with, they got Latavius Murray and Buck Allen. So two kind of third down backs, backup running backs. I don't think Kamara is a big, I hate to say he's not, he definitely has a talent to be a three down back. I just don't know if he has the durability to be a three down running back. I think he's too, um, I don't want to say fragile. He's just not thick enough. He's just not. He's not a Zeke Elliott. He's not a Fournette. He's not even like a Barkley. I just don't see Kamara as a third down running back. Cause they just use him so much. Like he's got. Like he can't play 75 plays doing what he does. The electricity and the speed that he brings and the the change of pace that you just see the game. You just see the pace change when Kamara touches the ball, whether it's out of the backfield on a pass, a screen. He lines up at receiver in the slot, or it's just a regular handoff. You know, you see the, the the pace of the game definitely changes as soon as he touches the ball. So it's hard to ask a guy to do that 
the the average offense I believe runs 65 to 75 plays a game so it's hard to ask a guy to do that for 75 plays so you have to have those reliable backup guys I think they have two of them I like Latavius Murray as a backup I never loved him as, as a starter I always liked him as a backup come in and get 8 to 12 touches but same with Buck Allen he could come in on a third and one and you know hit that batting ram right through the line on a short short down and distance fourth and inches goal line situation I, I don't mind Buck Allen either I think he got to take the load off Kamara to keep him healthy. I think if you're running 75 plays a game, which the, the, the Saints usually like to do, they're very fast-paced, they're very explosive. Um, so they, they get a lot of possessions and a lot of opportunities for Drew Brees and Sean Payton on that offense. So if you're running 75 plays a game like the Saints want to do, you got to limit. you got to have Kamara out there, I would say, for 50 to 55. And then the other 20, you could split between Mary and Buck Allen. Uh, they got Jared Cook at tight end. I think that's that's a good signing. He's a he's a veteran who knows how to get open. Solid hands. You know he's not going to burn you down the field. He's not he's not Zach Ertz or Kittle. He's not gonna you know hit you with a double move and be gone for 80 yard touchdown. But I think he'll catch you know he'll catch that 12 yard post over the middle. Sure. He'll, he'll do that. He's just a veteran that knows how to get open. I think if him and Breeze get on the same page, it could be a solid connection. Um, of course, the great Michael Thomas, a wide receiver. Uh, defense, Cam Jordan with that new big contract. Uh, Lattimore at corner, already about 23, 24 years old, already making Pro Bowls, all pro teams. And Von Bell, the safety I really like. I think he'll be good. Uh, I think he, he'll get better and better each year. Um, I have the Saints going 13-3 and again, actually. I have them losing at the Rams in Week 2. I have them losing at Atlanta on a Thursday night game in Week 13. And then I have them losing at Carolina in Week 17. And other than that, um, they do have a tough game at Seattle Week 3. They could lose that, but it's early in the year. Um... I don't think it'll be like that cold or freezing or like raining. Well, it'll probably be raining in Seattle, but I don't think it'll be like too like frigid and cold for the Saints. Now, if they were going up there in like late November, December, then I'd say, okay, the Saints probably don't want to play in that game. But I have them winning. They obviously could lose that one. Sunday night at home against Dallas, I just gave the Saints a win because they're at home. It's going to be Sunday night atmosphere. Uh, you know, doubt they're playing Dallas, so everybody's going to be watching. Crowd's gonna be going nuts. Uh, Breeze and Payton are gonna come locked and loaded. I think they'll win that one. At Chicago, October 20th, week seven. I have them winning. They definitely could lose that one. That Bears defense in the Windy City. Um, where else is a tough one? At Tennessee, late near. Eh, they could. Tennessee's Tennessee sneaky surprised some people. I have them beating the Colts at home. Again, it's week 16. It's a Monday night game. Only game on TV. Only game on. Uh, prime time. Andrew Luck, Drew Brees. Everybody's going to be watching that one. Crowds, uh, like the Dallas game, the crowd's going to be going nuts. Um, you know, the, all their prime time games are at home. Besides that Thursday night game, the Saints get the Colts at home. Week 15. Dallas at home week 4 on a Sunday night. And then the opening Monday night game. 
against Houston, which the crowd is going to, like, the roof might really fucking explode off that one because they're going to be fired up, especially after that. Robbed. And, you know, I just noticed they played the Rams in L.A. I wonder if they did that on purpose to have. Because imagine if they played that Rams game week one or even week two in New Orleans. Man, that would be like a hot, that'd be a hostile environment for the Rams and Sean McVay and them. Um, okay, but just to recap, Saints 13-3, and Panthers 11-5, and Falcons 10-6, and maybe making the playoffs, depending on where I have my other NFC teams. Um, they might have like a tiebreaker in there somewhere with somebody I haven't noticed yet. Um, and Bucks one and fifteen. What are you gonna do? And like I say all week, like I say every week, I should say. These are just estimations. Now, if I got the Saints going thirteen and three, if they go eleven and five, and the Panthers go twelve and four, you know. Don't kill me. It's one game. It's two games. A little wrong estimation. I laid out some games I thought they could were like toss-ups almost. Um, but I gave some teams the benefit of the doubt, whether they're on home, whether they're coming off bye weeks, um, whether they're in London or it's a Thursday night game or, you know, all that stuff factors in as well. Placement of the schedule, placement of the games. Um, you know, I'd rather play, like I said about the Saints, I'd rather play Seattle in Seattle in week three in early September and having the plan in mid-November when it's like 40 degrees and raining. So now it'll only be like 68 and raining. You know, it's, it's a difference. It's a difference. 15, 20 degrees is definitely a difference for for a dome team traveling all the way up to the other side of the country. Just one example of many. But um, as for now, I'm going to wrap this thing up, guys. I think I might do a stomping grounds preview tomorrow or maybe tonight. I don't know. If I get bored, I'll do one. Um, and just uh, don't forget to give me a follow shout me out on Twitter at Wyman Podcast 1 on Twitter or on Instagram at Wyman Podcast you can find me on either one usually anytime send me any kind of questions comments um, I always read them I always listen I always air them out in the show whenever they uh, come up whenever they're related to the show um, also go and follow the Overtime Heroics team. I've, I've uh, talked about them a few times. The uh, OT Heroics, they're really good. They have all kinds of sports on there. They have all the podcasts on there, not just mine. It was, I'm under football. But they also have a few other football podcasts on there. They have hockey, they have baseball, NBA. I mean, whatever you're trying to listen to, whatever you're trying to get into, I'm sure you'll find it up there. Um... They also have a forum you can talk, just bullshit with everybody. You know, it's just a uh, it's a really good website for any kind of sports fan. It's OvertimeHeroics.com. And you can follow them on Twitter at OTHeroics1. That's at OTHeroics1 on Twitter. OvertimeHeroics.com, guys. Go check it out. All right, and with that, um, I'll catch you guys. If not, for the Stomping Grounds preview, I might just wait and do a Stomping Grounds review and uh, see how that goes, see how the pay-per-view goes. Hopefully it's good. But until then, talk to you guys later. Thank you.